good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter gave me. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, welcome everybody to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. This is Ogama Gnu Ikwe, and I have... Uh, some information for everybody here tonight. I just wanted to let everybody know uh, that Thursday, December 15th, uh, which is tomorrow, uh, there's a drum and dance at the uh, Dayton's Bluff Elementary School at 262 Bates Avenue in St. Paul. It's also uh, an event where you can get free COVID-19 shots, boosters, and flu shots. There's $50 gift card incentives. You can also uh, get free youth coats and boots, free swag, and walk-ins are welcome. This is put on by Stay Safe Minnesota, Interfaith Action of Greater St. Paul, and the Department of Indian Work. And without further ado, here is some news from uh, me. Bujuanin relatives, this is Ogamaganuakwe. I've got some news for you here on Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. First and foremost, uh, we are in the Midwest. We broadcast live in the Midwest and uh, the Northern Plains area. I know we have a lot of people who follow us there. And uh, we're currently, uh, you know, depending on where you live, you're either still in the middle of or uh, on the far side of a we-are-not-kidding storm. Uh, according to the South Dakota Public Safety officials, uh, they tweeted that early on Monday as uh, the state was becoming completely battered uh, with, I believe it was some 20 hours of constant snow um, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, much of the western states, uh, the Dakotas, Montana, uh, coming into Minnesota, had to shut down and remain closed or shut down Tuesday and they're remaining closed Wednesday due to heavy snow and high winds. Uh, there's about a 200 mile stretch of I-90 that was closed in South Dakota um, from Chamberlain all the way to the Wyoming border and there were no travel advisories that stretched into the eastern part of South Dakota, um, including Interstate 29. And then in North Dakota Tuesday into early Wednesday, Wednesday, there was blowing snow and I-94 was shut down between Fargo and Dickinson for several hours, but has reopened Wednesday afternoon since the snows tapered off. Um, much of western Nebraska and some of southwest Nebraska is now impassable, according to Nebraska state troopers on Tuesday morning. And in Colorado, uh, Colorado State Patrol gave uh, similar warnings uh, on their uh, social media, saying there were no open roadways into or out of northeast Colorado. Here in Minnesota, uh, there were periods of heavy snow and 40 to 55 mile an hour wind gusts, and uh, they're going to continue to expand into Minnesota and portions of northern Wisconsin. Um, and they're hoping, though, that there should be lower winds as uh, they come into the upper Midwest here, uh, which will lower them from winter storm, uh, from blizzard down into winter storm. There's uh, fresh snowfalls of anywhere between 5 and 12 inches uh, with higher amounts into uh, Wednesday now, into today, um, all across the uh, northwest, north midwest, excuse me, the Midwest and the Northern Plains area, North Dakota, Mi- 
South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, a little bit of Iowa, uh, parts of Nebraska and Colorado as well. And also Montana, uh, Billings and Glendive are also in some pretty deep snow right now too. Um, there's also thunder snow, everybody. I, it's been a few years since we've had a thunder snow, uh, but in the uh, northeast portion of Minnesota up in Duluth, uh, they did report blizzard conditions uh, up in Duluth and also uh, lightning at the same time. Um, through Thursday, many locations in the northern high plains are going to see overall snowfall totals in the up, upwards of 30 inches, everybody. Uh, very, very heavy snowfall. So, um, it's going to go over to the east coast. It's going to impact our relatives to the south as well. So, um, just wanted to give an update from what I could find from the National Weather Service and some other local weather stations for our relatives who may not have been able to tune in earlier in the day to catch what's happening with the weather, may not know where to follow it. Uh, I also bring up this information to remind everybody to uh, be kind. If you must travel, uh, be kind to the other drivers on the road and also uh, check in on your relatives, check in on your elders, check in on those single parents that you have in your life, check in on those people who maybe have a health condition or are not as mobile uh, as they once were. Um, those are relatives, those are our relatives that need the most help when these types of storms hit. Offer to shovel, um, offer to, um, you know, check in with them and make sure that um, those types of things are happening and, you know, they're not trapped, they're not out of milk, um, those types of things. So um, another interesting thing that happened uh, over in uh, the Dakotas, in South Dakota, just as the storm was hitting, was the uh, annual uh, Lakota Nation Invitational or LNI. Um, they had it at the Monuments Event Center in Rapid City and it's its 45th year of this basketball tournament, technically, uh, which is what it started at. As um, but the Lakota Nation Invitational has actually, you know, kind of been transformed over the last 45 years into a place for Native kids to showcase their talents. Um, initially, it was an eight turn eight team tournament uh, in Pine Ridge, but now uh, there's 24 boys and 24 girls teams. 24 teams <laughs> um, for the basketball tournament. And uh, that portion of the event is really just the most well-known part of the uh, events. The tournament also includes wrestling, archery, handball, which is a Lakota game, uh, Lakota language tradition, an art show, a chess tournament, slam poetry presentations. And this year they had an e-sports symposium. So there were a lot of relatives who were out traveling for that and uh, who were maybe stranded as uh, the storm hit during that Lakota Nation Invitational. But, um, you know, for those of you that uh, were participating, I hope you uh, get home safe. I hope you make it home safe. And I hope all of your kids had a really great time. It sounds like a wonderful, wonderful event. And uh, hopefully next year I can get a little more coverage ahead of time on that. So um, last bit of news I wanted to touch base on here is that the uh, Arctic report card is now out uh from the uh 
National Services, uh, excuse me, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the NOAA, the Arctic program. Um, and that came out this week, and it's got some pretty dire language in it, everybody. Uh, under the What's New page, under the Arctic NOAA.gov website, says the warming Arctic reveals shifting seasons, widespread ter- disturbances, and the value of diverse observations, meaning there's shifting seasons and climate driven disturbances, everything from wildfires, extreme weather, to um, unusual wildlife mortality events, and they're becoming increasingly difficult to assess within the context of what has been previously considered normal to these areas. Uh, Some of the report card highlights... um, that the Arctic sea ice uh, is similar to 2021 and is well below the long-term average. Um, there's been significant Arctic precipitation since the 1950s, and it's now detectable across all seasons. So they have wetter-than-normal conditions um, observed through October uh, excuse me, observed October through September of 2021 to 2022. And it was the third wettest year of the past uh, 72 years. And... Um, you know, they're seeing widespread disturbances in ocean traffic, maritime ship traffic increasing as sea ice is diminishing, uh, seabirds are dying off, and they're, um, you know, they have open water at the North Pole. Um, so there's Greenland is melting as well. Uh, I mean, the headlines for this are, are, are disturbing, and um, we need to really push our legislators, our uh, people in our life, uh, we need to really work hard because this uh, climate change that we are experiencing, this human human driven climate change is uh, really affecting our relatives, uh, the Inuit people in uh, Alaska. And, um, you know, they're losing their land, they're losing their culture. And, um, you know, these people are, again, (laughs) like, other indigenous people hit first and worse by climate change. So if you have not yet, make sure you give a call to your representative and implore them to please um, protect the Arctic, protect our relatives there and um, the Arctic indigenous peoples and the Arctic indigenous uh, animal relatives there and uh, work for climate change. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Stay warm and healthy this winter with Interfaith Action of Greater St. Paul's Department of Indian Work. Join them for a winter resource wonderland this Thursday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Dayton's Bluff Elementary in St. Paul. They'll have everything you need for a healthy winter, including free COVID and flu shots, free youth coats and boots, and free swag. Walk-ins are welcome. And there's $50 gift card incentives available as well. Again, that's this Thursday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Dayton's Bluff Elementary in St. Paul. Learn more at interfaithaction.org. That's interfaithaction.org. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. 
Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Oh, hey, I'm here with uh, Vice President of Prairie Island, Shelly Buck, and I'm really excited to talk about what we're doing here today in Prairie Island. So welcome, and thank you so much for being on Native Roots Radio. Thank you, P.A.M.I.A., for having me. I'm excited. We're excited to be hosting Mass today, uh, which is the Midwest area sovereign tribes, and uh, we've not had it here for, gosh, years so we're excited to have everybody back and work together with all of our brothers and sisters across the Midwest tribes and really get some action done. Yeah, when we talk about action, it's interesting. Uh, all, uh, you know, and I'm here with Ho-Chunk Nation, but all our nations are pretty much dealing with a lot of the same things. So it's really, really good to be together and talk over solutions. It definitely is. And we've found throughout the years that when we work and fight together, we're stronger than if we try to do it alone. So the fact that we can have open and honest conversations with one another and really see that we're all in this together, it, it, it kind of gives us some comfort, especially with some of the really uh, dark issues like the opioid crisis. Knowing that there are other tribes, unfortunately, out there that are dealing with that same issue, it, it gives you some comfort to know you're not alone in this. And we all have our own cultures that help us to get through a lot of this stuff, but it's really great to be able to come together and work for the betterment of all of us. Yeah, for me, it's like, well, why didn't I think of that when I hear some great ideas from other tribes? Uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's really awesome to hear how there's a lot of thinkers out there and doers. It definitely is. It's crazy. Just before the meeting, I was introducing myself to some of the tribal leaders, and I was introduced to the new uh, president of the uh, Salt St. Marie tribe and just talking to him and hearing about how their tribe is, how many members, what they're doing. They're doing a lot of the similar things we're doing or they're wanting to do some of the things that we already do or vice versa and just finding those commonalities that we all have. It's just it shouldn't blow your mind, but it blows your mind. I just want to like back up a little bit because I'm really excited about what we're doing right now. But I want you to talk to our, we're on civic media all over the country. Talk a little bit about your nation and where you are exactly so people have a good idea of not only uh, of who I'm talking to, but where I'm talking. Definitely. We are at Prairie Island, which uh, the reservation itself is about 35 miles southeast of Minneapolis-St. Paul. We are along the Mississippi River. 
We've been here for countless generations. Actually, we're Badewa and our creation story has us coming from the waters here in Minnesota. So unlike a lot of tribes who have a migration story that pushes them over to the west, this is our birthplace. This is the only place we've known as home. Uh, the state is named after Dakota Ward, Minnesota Makoche. Uh, so, you know, it's really exciting. And when I was driving down to Rochester for my uh, niece's birthday party the other night, just seeing all the names of the towns that are after Dakota names, just it kind of makes me a little proud, but I wish they would spell them properly. But you know, we're, we're down here in this area. We, uh, about 1,100 members enrolled, about half adults, half children. We are small land base. We're tribal council of five. Like most tribes, we provide all the services to our people, um, the health care, the education. We're the largest employer of Goodhue County, the second largest hotel property in the state of Minnesota. And I think that's pretty empowering to be able to say that, knowing that this is a state that exiled a large majority of the Dakota people in the state. To know that we are now the second largest hotel property in the state is just something really that makes me proud. And I'm happy that we're able to be able to help the surrounding community with jobs and, and other um, charity events that we do um, so yeah we're we're excited to be down here we're excited to have everybody here and uh, excited to see what the year next year brings for all of us well you know just thinking too and I know um, me being a Minnesotan and uh, living in the Twin Cities in St. Paul um, how active your tribe is mm-hmm. in whether it's supporting youth uh, professional teams um, that, that that is so important for for us as Native people, but also uh, for the state of Minnesota. It's incredibly important, and that's why we partner with people like the professional sports teams because they have a larger platform that we can reach and really educate people because obviously the school systems in the country, not just the state, but the country, fail on the education of the true history of this country. And for us to be able to have that platform to reach more people is just so empowering and it's great because we were just talking before you started. Our people are thriving for this stuff. They're dying to have these these media outlets. They're dying to see their 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 designs and stuff on the professional team jerseys. So we always tell our partners with the teams you need to make sure that we can sell these things. You need to make sure that you have a lot of supplies because our people will come out and spend the money to buy these. Even if they don't have the money, they'll go without eating for a couple of days so they can have these shirts because that's how much having that emblem that represents who they are when we've been erased from our very homeland is so important. And people don't listen to me, and now they're starting to listen. You know, it's really exciting, too. Uh, as as my listeners know, I have a, a store in downtown Minneapolis, and also we uh, got into the state fair. And how important it is to have not only native-looking uh, uh, things, but have the natives uh, design them. And that's one of the things I'm really proud about that I can tell everyone in the store who made what and what tribe they're from. And and, and it's the opposite appropriation. And I think that's what you guys are doing. That's definitely true. Hearing those stories and who the artists are and where they come from. And 
I just, I have a, a turquoise ring on and I bought it down in Arizona, one of the tribes and just hearing the artist tell me about how he made it and what it meant. And, and it has like a little point on it. It's round on one side, pointing on the other. And I said, okay, is there a way, a proper way to wear this or not? And he says, well, this way with the curvy end on the top, that's just for everyday use. But if you really want to hurt somebody, <laughs> turn it the other way. So the pointed end is at the <laughs> facing everybody. So, you know, just little things like that is really cool to listen to and think about. And I thought there was going to be some spiritual uh, thing <laughs> that you were going to tell me. No. It's closer to your heart. I know. See, I thought that too. I thought this is going to be a great story because, you know, the Navajo, the Diné, they have awesome stories. So this is going to be really good. No, it was it was more geared towards me. I, it fit me perfectly. But that is cool to hear their stories. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's so many Native artists. And I know, like, for instance, you know, a lot of... Uh, I wear your t-shirts on my show that were given out like by the twins yeah. and the artists and just having the, those colors and those designs. It's just important to represent our city, but also these great artists and mm-hmm. your tribe. Definitely. And you can't say it enough. Representation matters. It matters in every aspect of life and even have it on just a t-shirt. It's so important for our kids to see that. I didn't see it growing up. Um, My kids started to see it a little bit growing up, but nowadays the kids are, I'm just excited to see what the next generation of kids can do. The the sky's the limit for them, truly, truly. They're going to be able to see Native people that look like them, think like them in every aspect of their life. And that's just that's empowering just for me as an almost elder, getting close. Yeah, I, I, we only got a couple more minutes, but I just have to say, I usually have Robert Lilligren on every Thursday, and we, we're the same age, and we talk about, you know, 1978, I was a junior, and he was a senior in high school. We talk about how things have just changed because we were basically language wiped out basically mm-hmm. we were moved into the cities and now these young ones are really kicking it in i feel like oh it's so amazing i moved my kids here because i wanted them to grow up in the culture and the language because i wasn't able to and my oldest daughter she took dakota language since she was little and took it through college and she is just so phenomenal she not only is so great with the language but our our stories that my deck she art owen used to tell her just all those different things is so amazing and i'm now just finishing up my first semester as a dakota language uh student at the University of Minnesota and it's so hard for me it's a struggle and and my grades wouldn't show it but it is a struggle for me and to know that she was able to do it so easily is just it's heartwarming you know and I just have to say this real quick because you made me think of a a great leader here uh, that's passed on a few years ago art and uh, how we're all related my uncle Uncle Curtis, uh, who used to be on the show all the time, was in art, was art's best man in his second wedding. Oh. So isn't that weird? How that we're all kind of <laughs> we're all that, related. That is crazy. Dexie Art, he he touched a lot of people, native and non-native, and his loss was a huge loss that I still feel today. Yeah, I think we just had an anniversary because mm-hmm. I saw a lot of pictures pop yeah. up, and yeah. yeah, it is it is sad. But you know, I, I just have to say, I'm an elder now, which. You know, I should say I'm a junior elder, but I am 62, an elder in our tribe, uh, and it's hard to replace our great elders. But we do have to step up like you have as being president and vice president of this great nation. 
Well, thank you. And, you know, my ancestors seven generations ago thought about me and sacrificed and did the things that they did so I could have what I had today. And my tribe is able to give me so much that I had to give back. And even if I'm never working here um, doing some kind of job, I will always be working to to represent my tribe in a positive way. Wow, that was Shelley Buck of uh, Prairie Island uh, and uh, Vice President. Thank you, Pinigi, so much for coming in. And I've been looking forward to this, for this conversation for a lot of years. Well, Pidamayaye, thank you for having me. It was my honor. I've always wanted to be on your show. I love it. I like listening to it. I like seeing all the people and hearing what they have to say. So, Pidamayaye. Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show? How about we go to Jay Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable. I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jayselby's.com. Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight. I'm hungry. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Stay warm and healthy this winter with Interfaith Action of Greater St. Paul's Department of Indian Work. Join them for a winter resource wonderland this Thursday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Dayton's Bluff Elementary in St. Paul. They'll have everything you need for a healthy winter, including free COVID and flu shots, free youth coats and boots, and free swag. Walk-ins are welcome. And there's $50 gift card incentives available as well. Again, that's this Thursday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Dayton's Bluff Elementary in St. Paul. Learn more at interfaithaction.org. That's interfaithaction.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, Minnesota. This is David Pakman, and you can catch my show weekdays at 2 p.m. for the latest in political news on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. 
Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. That's ZipRecruiter.com free. Tis the season to be jolly, and nothing makes me jollier than a clean home. If you just had Thanksgiving at home, you're probably still assessing the headaches your holiday company caused to your carpets, tiles, and maybe even the upholstery. And now you have less than a month before it's going to happen all over again. Call Zero Res today and ask for the AM950 special and free room Zero Resify for just $119. That's a $50 savings. And don't forget those air ducts. Take another $75 off your air duct service to get them zero res clean. Also, are you looking for last-minute gift ideas? Give your loved ones a zero res gift card to spread the zero res clean cheer. Call 952-ZERO-RES or visit ZeroResMinnesota.com to schedule your appointment today and beat the holiday rush. Lastly, now is the best time to book ZeroRes for your year-end office cleaning and get you ready to provide your employees and patrons a clean and safe environment for 2023. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. A winter storm watch is in effect tonight with rain and snow expected and a low of 31. Then the snow continues on Thursday with a high of 33. Crooners Supper Club has the hottest concerts to heat up these cold nights. Crooners is located just north of I-694 off Highway 65 in Fridley. See the concert schedule and the dinner menus at croonersmn.com. This is Winona LaDuke of Honor the Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm here with Jamie Edwards. Jamie, I've known you for a long time in many different ways. Uh, Tell me uh, what you do for your nation, and welcome to Native Roots Radio again. Hey, thanks for having me back, Robert. Yes, Jamie Edwards. Um, I do government affairs for the Malax Band of Ojibwe, and I have for a bit more than 20 years now. Wow. I was only 40 when you started. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I was 12. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. Well, you look young now, too. So, hey, so I I don't know. We're at Mast right now, and we we just talked to uh, Shelly Buck, and now we're talking. uh, Let's uh, talk a little fun here right now. In Minneapolis, uh, the hallucination is going to be there, formerly known as the Tribe Called Red. Uh, I know you're a hip-hop man. Uh, Tell us a little bit about them. Well, man, I am really excited about the concert this evening we had a chance to interview two for one who is a minneapolis artist who's going to be opening for the hallucination uh, which is really cool i like the um the transition from uh a tribe called red to uh to the the new name of of the group and i know that um from from some of the 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 tracks that i listened to some of the recordings that um, John Trudeau was a huge part of, of uh, their transition into 
the hallucination. And I think that is a play on words. It deals with the uh, erasure and and the way in which uh, tribal nations, First Nations, because the the hallucination again is from Canada. Um, you know how 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 Native people, Indigenous people, have been treated. Um, and and attempts to erase us. But as you can see here at this mass meeting, Midwest Alliance of Sovereign Tribes, uh, which represents 35 tribes, I believe, in the Midwest region, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, I think Illinois is even in there, even though uh, and maybe Iowa, Meskwaki Nation, although I don't know that they ever show up. But um, at any rate, all, all these tribes, as you can see by the turnout, tribal nations, are we're still here and we're still advocating um, at all levels of government to protect our interests and our treaty rights. You know, that's uh, awesome. And we talked a little bit about how important it is now, after all these years, for uh, Native Native nations to work together because we have a lot of the same uh, issues. Uh, Definitely. There's a lot of uh, collaborative work that happens in an environment like this where, where, again, it's a regional um, organization of tribes collaborating, going, sharing the information of what is happening in their individual states, as well as going and advocating in D.C. on the Hill as a collective. And there are there are several other regional tribal organizations um, across the U.S., yeah. Um, I, you know, we talk about uh, a lot of what's going on. And I know uh, I was down in D.C. for ICWA and the Supreme Court. And uh, uh, we know that this is a, a sovereignty uh, kind of breaking uh, breaking us up kind of vote. And it's kind of hidden with uh, these oil companies supporting uh this uh, Supreme Court thing, which is really bizarre because it's going to be a, about land, not just our kids. Yeah, a lot of interesting threats um, that Indian country is facing along with the democracy itself. You know, we the the unraveling of um, of the Indian Child Welfare Act in, in this effort with this Brackeen case, which is very important. A lot of tribes are paying attention to how the very conservative activist court um, is going to is going to weigh in on on some of these issues. And and, you know, when. You know, and the the Trump era gave us several conservatives that were added to the court now, and every case is is really important. And you know, Indian country in situations like this, we we tend to try to stay out of the federal courts, you know, as much as is possible. But there's a lot at stake and a lot of reasons to to protect our interest, and and hopefully that case will will have limited impact on the Indian Child Welfare Act. And I know here in Minnesota, there's going to be some efforts to ensure that the Minnesota Family Preservation Act, which is Minnesota's version of ICWA, that it is going to be solidified and protections will be in place to to ensure that that the ICWA and, and what's important with the ICWA, which is keeping um, Indian children and Indian families and in community with, with extended family members, that, that the spirit of that, of that law and that act are, are not diminished here in Minnesota. Well, Jamie, great points. Um, it's it's an attack on us. And one of the things, and I, I want to get your opinion on this, one of the things, if we lose this case and kids are our kids are, are left. One of the one of the things that I've I've kind of talked about, and I don't know, I want to hear what your feeling is. If you're gonna take our kids from us, let's enroll them before you take them. And um, so we are still here and they're not going to erase us. I don't know. What do, what do you feel? I mean, 
Well, that's there's a few things in there. I think, you know, again, ICWA, the goal of ICWA was to ensure that not only because um, there was there were efforts in Canada and in the U.S. to really target um, for adoption. 60 school. Yeah. Um, uh, taking um, Indian children out of in, uh, American Indian homes and families and. And, you know, the cultural preservation and connection to language. So many of us, many of us have had the experience where, where um, you know, we, we were impacted by those decisions uh, pre-ICWA. And um, so we've seen through the years that, that protecting that interest and, and ensuring that, that tribes can, can assert their jurisdiction and, and weigh in on many of these cases have brought home many, many relatives that were lost during that era. We don't want to go into another era like that. And I was, I was affected by that personally. I definitely had have uh, siblings who we were pre-ICWA and as a result, you know, we got we got we got spread out, split up, and ended up in foster care. Ended up in in uh, adopted into families that were non-native families, and then you have to go through the rebuilding of your your family um, history and connectivity, and it is very challenging. And we don't want to go back through that era again. And so, um, so hopefully, the court the court, if the ruling is unfavorable, hopefully, it is a narrow unfavorable decision right and that's the hopes and i think the folks that are working the you know narf the native american rights fund and many other tribes have weighed in as uh and have filed amicus briefs um to ensure that the court has all the information it needs to make the right decision and we we shall see unfortunately we're going to be in a holding pattern until they make a decision on on that case Wow, it just made me think. I agree with you. Uh, being a, an adoptee, it, I've been doing nothing but playing catch up for uh, my adult life, and I appreciate you saying that. Uh, it, we don't want to go back, and I think they're in for a fight. I was out there in D.C., like I said, and one of the interesting things, Jamie, was the questions that the Supreme Court was asking. Like they did not know anything about Indian law. Indian law is a very unique <laughs> federal Indian policy is very unique. A lot of uh, legal practitioners are not very very versed in in Indian law, and uh, and then you have an activist type court. There are some folks uh, on that court that have an understanding of federal Indian policy, uh, but there's definitely a conservative slant on that court right now. Well, Jamie, I'm, uh, I'm going to switch gears here in the last two minutes. And one of the things is uh, I Native Roots Radio is on KFAI. And I, and I know you do uh, some things for KFAI, if you don't mind talking about, uh, uh, that are really fun. And I think uh, tell our, our audience when they can tune in and what your show's about. So thank you. A shameless plug for my show. I appreciate that, Robert. And we collaborate a lot, um, American Indian programming on the, on the station. You have a regular show. And I also, uh, produce and co-host a show called Beats, Rhymes, and Democracy that comes on KFAI Monday evenings from 6 to 7 p.m. It's, uh, hip hop and public policy conversations. And we cover the diaspora of, of, of questions and, and issues 
issues that um, you know are facing the state. We, we cover um, what's happening legislatively at the state level and what's happening at the federal level, and some of these um, interesting attacks to the democracy that have been happening um, of recent. You know, but we also do. Um, shows and recordings of artists. We had, like I mentioned, we had Two for One in, who was a Puerto Rican and Dakota artist who's going to be opening again for The Hallucination that are going to be in concert tonight. So go check them out at the fine line. But all, you know, we are we are multidimensional human beings. And, you know, even though our work today is, is work um, that we're doing, you know, for our tribal nations, you know, when you go home to St. Paul or I go home, there are other things that that we have going on and broadcasting is one of those. And, and I'm always, um, always grateful for your, your ask to participate in your show and, and to, you know, work as, as partners and allies, um, um, both on behalf of Indian country and, 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 and locally in the twin cities and also just in the broadcasting space. So always, always, uh, happy to lend a hand to my good friend, Robert pilot from native roots radio. Oh, I think you were just getting on a roll there, and, and now we got to end it. But thank you so much, uh, Jamie, for stopping in, and we got to make this more often. Jimmy Gwich, Mr. Pilot, anytime. Oh, uh, hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be back right after this short message. Stay with us. I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer Bivalent Booster. The updated Bivalent Booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves. Please join Howling for Wolves on Wolf Day, Tuesday, February 7th, 
2023 at the Minnesota State Capitol. You can sign up on Howling for Wolves event page. Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Ho! Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Oh, this is Robert Pilot. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Hey, I'm here in uh, Prairie Island and I got a cool guest here who's running the show here. I want him to introduce yourself in this last segment. Uh, welcome to Native Ritz Radio. Thank you very much, Mr. Pilot. Scott Vealy, Executive Director, Midwest Alliance of Sovereign Tribes. We've uh, uh, tra- all traveled here. We've got 22 tribes here at Prairie Island Indian Community at their beautiful resort casino. Treasure Island, and it's just an amazing uh, fact that people came out in a you know threat of the storm, and they still twenty two tribes showed up, and organizations showed up with over eighty people in attendance. That's just an amazing winter meeting that we've never had before. So you know some of the issues that we've been discussing is uh, the Indian Child Welfare uh, Act and the um, litigation that's in in Supreme Court, and uh, our Vice President of uh, Mass, the Chairman Tahase Hill, his tribe is a uh, body in that litigation and he uh, helped us arrange for attorney uh, Keith Harper to come on and do a presentation as well as we had the executive director uh, Ms. York from uh, White Earth do a follow-up on the Indian Child Welfare Act and again it's all the tribes make mass the strength comes in numbers and strength comes in numbers in anything that we do whether it's land to trust Indian child welfare Veterans Affairs, education, and most importantly, and another issue is health care in, in the Midwest. You know, missing and murdered indigenous women, those issues such as that. So, I think it's really important that uh, MAS, uh, and you can tell our audience what MAS stands for, that we all pretty much have the same issues and we kind of really need to unite and talk about what's working and not working in our nations. And we've, you know, that's a great point because we've done that in the past. And one of the things that, that, the Oneida Nation has allowed is they have a lobbyist down in, in Madison for state issues with the state of Wisconsin. So with their legislative director's help, Melinda Danforth, and, and my request, we were able to work with the Oneida tribe to uh, black out their independent individual Oneida issues out of their weekly lobbyist report. Mm-hmm. And then they share that report with the other uh, 10 tribes in the state of Wisconsin. If anybody wants to get on that uh, mailing list, their lobbyist then uh, darts out all of the Oneida's personal information and then shares that lobbyist report with the other tribes in the state of Wisconsin. So that's just one great thing that we're doing as unified uh, tribes from Wisconsin, but as uh, uh, regionally, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, we uh, come together with those issues as well. The board, you know, uh, Pokagon Band, Oneida, Stockbridge, Muncie, Malax, they all have legislative uh, professionals that work on the Hill, that uh, build consensus. And we, the, as you heard in the conversation today, the tribes are really concerned about wild rice, which affects, affects us all, even though it's, we're not all wild rice providers. It affects us all because it's pertaining to clean water and the livelihood of our Ojibwe brothers and sisters. So we have to support that unified. We have to get behind that. We have to get behind ICWA. We have to get by uh, a missing, murdered indigenous persons. We have to get by the, uh, uh, you know, the children, the veterans. And uh, those issues are more readily heard when we all speak as one voice. And that's one of the reasons we don't deal in any gaming issues. We're all non-gaming. 
It's landed trust, health care. You know, our region is still, from 20 years ago, we were the lowest funded region for, from IHS funding, and we're still the lowest funded region in IHS funding. So, you know, uh, appropriations are going to be discussed tomorrow. Uh, uh, hot topics for the Midwest with regards to the health care needs. We were uh, uh, very unified when we created the uh, Great Lakes Regional Health Board and uh, our sister a tribal councilwoman from Gun Lake, Phyllis Davis, is the chair of that board, and they do some uh, wonderful things in, in health care, and they're more centralized just in health care. And so, you know, we, we have the National Indian Health Board, but we have our own regional health board uh, in, in Region 5 here, and we're very grateful that the tribal leaders created that and that we have three representatives from, from each state. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, each uh, state has three representatives. And then uh, MAST has a seat and uh, the executive director of that board. So we're working together on those issues in health care and, uh, you know, and um, building uh, those issues. You know, if you were an elected official 20 years ago and you just came back into office, you'd be like, well, what, what was accomplished since I was gone? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot that, you know, with the different every four years, the administration, the federal administration's changed out. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go back to educating the new persons and the old uh, administration, the hangovers, they, they don't much less care about uh, Native Americans unless you've pounded them with lobbyists and, and funds. So, you know, yeah, that's a really great point. And, too, you talked earlier about ICWA and, you know, listening to the Supreme Court and the questions they had, and especially the new ones, they don't understand Indian law. You know, I don't know that there's a lot of people outside of Native Americans, American Indians and Indians that understand Indians. We have a lot of people that all nowadays think that they know what's best for us. They used to, in the days, speak for us. And our tribal leaders from 15, 20 years ago said it's time to stop having other folks speak for our tribes. It's time for tribal leaders and tribal young people to stand up, take the reins, and speak for and on behalf of the tribes. And so the education is constantly being reminded to the Supreme Court, to the White House, to Congress, to Senate, to the state, to secretaries, consultations. Consultations aren't consultations unless you all take a problem to the table and come back with a resolution or a fix. It's not just to go identify who you are, who I am, for 45 minutes and then say, okay, here's the issue. Okay, we're going to go back and work on it. No, we should be able to consult one another to find out how we can come to a best addressed fix for the problem at hand, including ICWA, missing and murdered indigenous woman, opioid abuse, law enforcement. So those are issues that are very, very important to our tribal leaders and what we're consistently working on. Yeah, it was interesting, too, like you mentioned again earlier, about the wild rice issue. I had no idea until I heard that what California was doing. And that's just California. So if California is doing it, then what about the anti-Indian organizations here in the Midwest? You've got Hobart, you've got Red Springs, you've got Mille Lacs, uh, you've got all the counties outside of uh, Indian country that are constantly, constantly attacking. And they don't even know what they're attacking us for outside the verbiage of being prejudicial. They, you know, what is that uh, old, aid, a, old age adage that you get more with honey than you do with vinegar? And our tribal leaders from yesterday taught us that. And the counties, the states would be more inclined to receive more from the partnership that they created with tribes, you know, whether it's Ho-Chunk, whether it's Menominee, whether it's uh, our Ojibwe's brothers and sisters to the north or, or, or our Sioux, Lakota, Dakota, Nakotas from, from the west here. 
it's always better to partner than it is to oppose. So, you know, that's a very strong thing that California took, and they don't even understand the ramifications of what it means to the real people of this land, to our Ojibwe brothers and sisters, to our Ho-Chunk brothers and sisters, to our Odawas, to, to what it means, what that rice and that substance means to their livelihoods. California has no idea. They have no education pertaining to the rice beds, the lakes, and the waterways, and why we fight so hard to protect from Enbridge and all the other big oil companies in uh, the Midwest here coming through. It's no service to our community. It's no service. They provide, they provide minimal amounts of jobs, minimal payments, and they provide no long-term uh, uh, goals and objectives that tribes can live with. So, you know, it's, a, it's just a fight, and it's a constant education. And it's, a, you know, and it's hard, you know, coming from that last administration when people just came out of the woodwork, you know, they were always there. But now that last administration just allowed them to poke their little heads out and just call whatever they wanted to call and be ugly and, and nasty and, and, and non-partner, not create non-partnerships. So it's just a, it's very, it's not, it's not very uh, humbling and it's very confusing and it just creates spinning wheels. Well, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you got 30 seconds left here. One last uh, comment and uh, in, in the great work that you're doing in uh, our, our nations in the, in the mass community. Uh, just one quick uh, see you later to our, 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 our listening audience all over Turtle Island. Thank you. And I tell you that what creates unity and harmony is we all working together. The tribal leaders said it today. And what makes MAST, what makes any organization is unity. We all have to be at the table. And sometimes it gets tiring. But we have to be there. If we're not there, we're not there. Pini Gigi, thank you so much. Uh, that was Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. We'll see you tomorrow. Free Leonard Peltier now. Leonard Peltier.